Life's a Mitch. G'day, guys. Welcome back. This is episode 14 of Life's a Mitch. So last episode, I caught up with the lovely Jennifer Almany, and she spoke to us about her book that she's currently self-publishing, and it's available for pre-order still. So check out the link in last week's bio if you're interested in having a look. Her socials are there as well. Give her some support, and uh, I'm sure she would be much appreciative of it. So this week, I've got, a, got a, another international guest. Uh, this lovely lady uh, inboxed me um, on that website I mentioned previously. It's like LinkedIn for podcasters, but, you know, it's all things good. So without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, tell us why you wanted to pop on this little podcast of mine? Well, Mitch, oh my goodness. I think it was your photo, you know. I was just um, mesmerized by it. And it was kind of like... Um, a welcoming, you know, it's just, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I would love to actually talk with Mitch, you know, He's, he looks like a, a great guy and I would love Stop. to spend time with him. So Stop. that was, that was the first, that was the beginning of this, you know, <laughs> and um, my name is Barke Faraj Kamos. I'm the CEO and founder of Barke Beyond Hero. Now I, because of what I do and the book I've written, about my story, about my biography, and my last chapter, I would say. We're in Ooh. a new chapter now. Ooh. And uh, so this is the main thing that I want to actually, in 2020, my aim is to speak while, you know, global. And even though with the pandemic, it kind of made my dream come true. I've been speaking everywhere on Zoom. And when I saw the matchmaker, the as you say, the LinkedIn for podcasters, not, not I like actually Tinder. was like, oh, well, it's, it's not. So, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Let me just put myself forward and get connected because these people, they're looking for someone who is self, you know, self-development or self-empowered or empowering other people. And I was like, why not? Let me just go, go for it. And Mitch here, look at him. He actually said, yes. So that's why we're here. Well, firstly, thank you. Um, you know, flattery in this instance will get you everything. So, you know. Ooh, and, thank uh, you for letting me know. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So. You've, uh, you've shown some bravery. You want to, You got the be your own hero uh, background on your Zoom call right now. So I wish I knew how to make a background on a Zoom call. That'd be fantastic. But um, I'll teach you. Don't worry. By the end of this call, I tell you what. If you're on Matchmaker on uh, on Tinder, I'd swipe right too. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we're in a different different time zone when different countries and this is the fun bit so i'm excited you're in australia isn't it oh my goodness yeah, i can't wait i want to visit australia so i've got one person i can actually connect hey mitch i'm <laughs> here <laughs> mitch will be running away from me but hey it's nice to know that uh, you know <laughs> so that's <laughs> episode 14 thanks for coming on <laughs> okay so whereabouts in the world do we find you at the moment so i'm in uk uh london yeah, That's nice. where I am at the moment. I spent um, almost 12 months abroad living in the UK. Um, oh. spent, oh, I spent a little bit of time at a, um, in a hostel at uh, St. Pancras. And then I went up to Liverpool. You know, everyone's like, why? Why Liverpool? All the English people I've spoken to say, why go up there? Um, and it reminds me of where I'm from. So Newcastle is a lot like Liverpool. It's a, it's a port city. 
there's a the, you get a, the the um, uh, ferry across the Mersey. You get the ferry across here at Stockton. You know, it's it's beaches and wow. coal ports and whatever. So it kind of felt like home, a dull grey home. But you know, nonetheless, <laughs> we made it work. So awesome. Thank you for uh, for scheduling yeah. me into what I'm sure is a hectic schedule for yourself. Yes, but I it's it's really nice to actually have these moments, you know. Mm. It's uh it doesn't feel like work or it doesn't feel like a chore. It actually feels like a holiday. So I'm enjoying this moment with you. Likewise, and you know that the the highest form of flattery or thank you that someone could say, you know, I'm aspiring to get better at this. And if you can if you grant someone with your time then that's the most complimentary thing. So from the bottom of my heart, under my square-shaped head, I say thank you. And um, on my first, I guess my first question is, is when did you start off this journey that you've, you've just mentioned about helping others and the book you've written? So can you tell us a little bit about how all this come about? Well, for me, I felt like um, I was caged and like the bird in the cage. I felt like I was enchained. I felt that I was I was put in a place that was hidden. And until 2014, for me, something awoken inside of me. One day I was, I wanted to go to the toilet. And the first thing I faced was the mirror. And on that mirror, when I looked at it, the reflection that was actually looking back at me, I couldn't recognize who that was. And I looked at, I was like, who is that? And, you know, when you're younger and you look at your aunties and you're like, oh, that's my auntie. You know what I mean? And that's what came up to me was like, oh, she's looked like an auntie, you know? And I was like, but who is she? And the inside of my head, the image that I had about of myself was a 16-year-old, a skinny, amazing, black, bubbly, you know, charisma girl that was standing in front of, you know, inside of my head, not this auntie-looking older woman standing, you know, staring back at me. Yep. And when the realization came about to say that it's me because I moved and it's like, shoot, it's moving. It's me. So it has to be me. And I was like, why are you sad? Why are you unhappy? Why you, why you look depressed? Why you look so, you know, like the world is not, you know, in a happy place. What's going on? Kind of like, why don't I look like me? Like what's something was like off about yourself and you didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I felt like I don't have identity. I felt that I was all by myself and I was in pain in this excruciating pain that what, even who are you? You know, that's the first thing that came what is your name? What is your name? And that's the name of my book, guys. So, and that's what, what I asked myself. What is your name? Who are you? And that was the beginning of my journey. That I wanted to know who I am. I just got goosebumps. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry to sort of sound a little bit, I'm not trying to be a cracker joke or anything, but, you know, when you, when you, I've, you know, some, when you look at yourself in the mirror and go like, you know, who am I? Um, make you know cause for reflection cause for you know uh, panic it's like well what's going on here I don't recognize the person I am I mean I looked at myself in the mirror recently when I was very hungover and uh, the the mess that was looking back at me was an absolute pigsty so I'm sure it wasn't like that I'm <laughs> sorry 
<laughs> I'm just thinking back to last weekend. It was hectic. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you the image that I had in my head, okay? That okay. I can see was like, um, you know, The Walking Dead, that, that series. Yep, yep. Okay, the zombies, yeah? I hate zombie movie, first of all. <clears throat> but that's what I had in my image, okay? Because I felt like that, like a zombie. I felt like I only had a soul that wanted to just eat those brains, you know, just like a hunger, wanted to eat. But there's no feelings, there's no emotions, there's no nothing else, if you can understand. It's just like dead carcass inside of me. Yeah. And that's the feeling that I felt. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand why. Why am I feeling like this? What's going on with my life? So what happened next? And so what happened is that I started to do, I started journaling because who am I? What's wrong with me? Why am I not happy? That's those, those, I was like having questions after questions after questions and starting writing them down. And every time I would have either an argument with my husband at the time or things were making me low in, you know, my, my kind of emotions or my vibration or my, you know, the emotions I would write down because I want to know what is wrong with me. So what happened is that I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing everything's down. And I realized that I am so good at not having grudges or holding grudges. I'm so good at not, you know, remembering when someone done something to me that I didn't like, I forget very quickly. And what happened is that I forget in my thinking, but my body doesn't forget, if you can understand it. Okay. Because I'm still sad. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, uh, say if you have an argument with person A, just so I understand, yeah, have an argument with person A and then, you know, you've, you've moved on, but you know, the stress and anxiety feelings of conflict, um, sort of those negative vibes. So is that sort of what you mean? Um, yes. Okay, cool. Exactly. You got it perfectly, Mitch. Wow. Job, you're Mitch. great at this. Oof. Yes. Good job, Mitch. <laughs> it's the square shaped head. <laughs> The brain there somewhere. It's flowing perfectly. <laughs> so, and that's the way I felt, you know, because I was like, what's wrong with me? But then another question came about why my husband wasn't happy. You know, why my marriage was always on um, kind of like a problematic area. Why we're not happy? Why things are not the way I want them? So I started asking and start writing. So what I found out as well was that now, even though it did happen before, but I didn't kind of like you lose, you lose yourself in the moment. Well, for me, I think I've lost myself in years, not even moment, because the first time it happened, we were looking, uh, so my husband at the time, he was working as a key worker. Key worker is uh, people who works in the government, you know, works in the government, in uh, like uh, hospitals, uh, police, um, you know, all those kind of areas. Now he was working as a police staff. And as a police staff, you get a grant if you want to buy your first home. Okay. Now, like a subsidy from when the government. I heard about this and I said to him, why don't you do it? Yes. Okay. Sorry. And so I said to him, why don't you do it? Because it would be good investment for the children's, 
you know, in the future. So what happened is that we, he agreed at the end. I was like, yes, for the first time he, he, you know, he said, yes, you know, and he, we started looking for this place and it was taking us longer. So I asked his brother, my brother-in-law, because he already, he has his own business. He owns his own house. So I thought he had more, you know, experience in this thing. So he would give us a hand and he did. He gave us kind of like clarity, clarity of what we what we need to look to look out for, and, and we found this yeah, and we found this beautiful home. So the certificate that they give you to tell you that you are given this amount of money from the government, I was so happy the first time I read it, but I didn't read that fine print. So that day we were like, okay, the next day we're gonna go and offer. So this thing is gonna play a big role, yeah. So this piece of paper, and I was like, can I have that piece of paper? Can I have that look, please? Remember, I'm I'm just like I don't know, 18 or 17 at this time, because and that's I will say in a minute. But um, <laughs> I'm looking at this piece of paper, and I'm like, uh, uh, I, I couldn't even pronounce the words. I was so st- struck with with shock that I was just looking at him like, did you see this? And he looked at me with eyes are very like kind of not friendly. And I was like, I couldn't understand it. And, and I looked at him again and then he said the worst thing that I've ever heard, a man who's supposed to be your husband, supposed to love you, supposed to care for you, supposed to be the person that is, you know, for you for the rest of your life saying these words to me, he says to me, do you think I want to buy a house with you? What, what, what? else? How can, we, how can we even pay for this house? Are you going to pay the mortgage? I was like, huh? you don't even have an income. You have no education. You got nothing. What do you think you're going to do for this house? I was like, you know, these things you say at the beginning, so you don't do this. For me, I was like, what's the point? Coming here, pretending you want to buy this house and do this. I think I couldn't even think there was just so many things going on in my head. It's like someone took, I don't know if you ever saw that uh, bucket, uh, cold bucket shower when they put the the water, you know, the when someone is sitting down and then they put for the challenge. I felt like oh, someone yeah, just came with a bucket yeah. of cold water exactly, and pour it down on me. You know what I mean? And took a, uh, you know, a bolt or some uh, hammer with the nail and put it on my chest and crushed my heart in pieces. And all I could do was just turn around at the back seat and looked at my child was a baby. And all I could think of was, where can I go? What can I do? Who will want me? How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Yes. And I bet, and I'm sure in your brain, exactly. you were you were going foot to testicles repeatedly. <laughs> and I was just like, there's nowhere to go. There's no, nothing I can do. Because for me, you have to understand, I didn't marry this man because of love. I didn't love, I didn't love him. I didn't care for him. He came to my country in Africa and he there was a, I had an arranged marriage. I was told I'm getting married. Is that still and a thing? I had no, say that again. Sorry. I didn't, is that still a thing? Is it? I, I'm unfamiliar with to such some, things. To some, yeah, to some degree, there's still people and parents who do still do that. And this is why I had to come out and actually share my story to help those women out there. 
because it's still happening. I got a young lady called me the other day and said, Barke, this is what my family said to me. I have to get married. There's no option. It was the same as me. You know what I mean? I had to think like, do I, can I run away? Where can I run away to? There's no way. I don't even know the country properly. I don't even know. I don't have friends. I have no one. Who can I go to? And that's the same feeling I'm feeling when this man is telling me all this. And that was the start of the uh, emotional abuse from him. And that day I knew this man is not my husband. This yeah. man is not, is not here to love me and care for me. He doesn't see me as, as a worthy or a wife or any person. He doesn't see me. And my question in my head was that, why did you marry me? Mm. Because Same. I gave him, I gave him the respect. I put him on a pedestal. He went to uni, he had his degree. I looked at him and I couldn't understand. He has no ambitions, okay? He has no thoughts of what to, tomorrow is going to be or thoughts of like, you know, what, what am I leaving? What is the legacy that I'm leaving? And this me, I am ambitious person. I'm very adventurous. I love trying new things. He doesn't like trying anything. <laughs> he doesn't like doing anything different. He doesn't, he likes his thing to be exactly the same. And for me, it was a nightmare, really was like living with someone who, when we go out, for example, in the restaurant, okay, and I'll go like, I will forget, yeah, for a second, I'll be like, oh, I think he likes me, you know, I think everything is going well, I think this is good. You know, you get that feeling of, oh, maybe he's okay, yeah, right. So I put a nice gown, I put a nice lipstick and put nice makeup. Let's go with my children ready. We look good. We feel good. We're having nice meal. My favorite restaurant was Nando's because of grilled chicken and spicy chili. <laughs> I love Mason Perry Perry chicken love for it. sure. <laughs> oh, yes. That's my favorite. So he will take me to this restaurant. We're sitting down. We're having nice chats and things like that. After the meal is over, he will start. Do you know how much this food is? Do you know how much it cost me this? You know how much it cost me that? You know, I wish I could vomit this food back out and go back just to turn back the clock and yeah. say, I don't want to do it. From that day, I was like, I don't want to go to restaurant with you anymore. I will cook at home. Okay. And I was good at that because every time the restaurant, no, no, no restaurant. I will cook. If they, if I go or if I looked at the, um, like TV, and I will watch the way they prepare the meal, and I will do exactly that at home. So there's no that, oh, I miss this or I miss that. No, I will try new things. Okay. And that's because to keep the peace. Yep. That, well, that will, I've got so many questions. <laughs> Go for it. Um, one, was this in London or was this before you made the move to London or was it in Africa? Or So I got engaged when I was 15 years old. I stayed in Zanzibar with my in-laws nearly a year without my husband. So I didn't even know my husband at all. All I had was stories about him. And then at the age of 16, he came, uh, we got married. It was a biggest celebration. I enjoyed it, I had fun because I believe that was the only marriage I'm going to have in my life. And so I was just like, you know what, let's have fun, yeah? And uh, the age of 16, September, that's when we got married and then we moved into London. So all of these things happened in London. 
Okay. So I've never been to Zanzibar. Hopefully one day. I, I forgive my lack of knowledge. Um, is that accustomed to this day? Like, a, do a range marriages still happen in Zanzibar currently? Or It's not just Zanzibar. This is the thing. It happens to a lot of other countries. There's India. It happens. It happens in uh, other African countries. And this is what I'm saying. In Zanzibar, yes, there's still... There's, okay. It's not like, um, um, you know, like uh, a law. It's not like that. It's only because... It depends on the family and uh, cultural, really, I would say. Okay. Well, for, sorry, forgive my lack of understanding. I am. Um, it's okay. I am, I'm just trying to learn and, you know, see, you know, learn a few things with this. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit slow in the old, uh, you know, uptake sometimes, doing my best. But okay. So don't worry, Mick, you're fine. I'm damn fine. Have a go at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. You fast forward, you get to London, you're married, you're, you've got a family, start a family, you've got, nothing but a toxic, uh, confrontational, all the negative words I could use and contextualize to make myself smarter I could use right now. So it sounds to me like it was an absolute, um, like for for however long it was, it just sounds like every day was just worse than the next. Um, Poisonous, negative, you know, all those sorts of things. So, you know, this, how long did this go on for? And when, and what was, what happened after this? Like, when did you start the process of helping yourself and building yourself back up? So for me, the thing about me is that I felt like a superwoman, you know, I felt like, you know what, I'm a positive person. That's, it comes natural to me because of what I've seen when I was young. There's so much heartbreak in life. There's so much injustice. There's so much cruelty. And I choose to be positive because I'm so tired of being negative. I'm so tired of seeing life of, you know, it doesn't work out. When you're negative, it just drags you, uh, drags you down. I don't want that. I want to be positive. I want to be high, you know? So what happened is that living with someone who's always negative, it's very hard. But I felt like it was kind of a challenge for me because it's kind of a kind of like a check in my side because I would be like, I'm going to show you because he used to say to me, okay, we're sitting down on the living room or somewhere he will used, he used to say to me, like, if it wasn't for the children, you wouldn't be here. So for me, when he says things like that, I made, I, I kind of like make myself a promise. I'm going to show you, I'm going to stick here. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to make us better family. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm stuck into a place that without knowing I am actually doing something for someone else who is blind, he cannot see, cannot feel. And I am like, can you see this picture? And he's like, no, I cannot see it. And so it was kind of like the thing was going on because I was married for 14 years for me to the point that. I wanted to, I, uh, the, when my marriage, uh, the, what, 12 years, two years before that, I was like, you know what? I want to be happy. I'm not happy. I want to, I didn't know, even know what happiness looks like, guys. I didn't even know what happiness tastes like. But all I want in my side, in, my, in myself, is to be happy. And the only thing for me that I felt safe is when I'm out going to work. I felt like I was on holiday. People, they looked at me like I'm a weird person ever because I used to love working because I'm outside with other people that I can be by myself. I can be me. 
and I can do things that makes me feel happy, makes me feel good. But when the moment I come into my own house, I felt like uh, everything is coming inside. I felt suffocated. I felt like uh, it was just always in the darkest, the, the clouds are always dark and always just really, even my children, when that we hear kids, everyone's quiet. Everyone's like, go, go, go to your room, uh, uh, do this and do that and get your things. Because if we, when he's out, we'll have, a, we'll put music on, we'll start dancing, we'll watch movie, peace and quiet, we'll do things together. I will, when he's home and I, there's a daylight, I will always take my children to the park. And that park will be like three hours, four hours, just because we can just be free. So this went on for 12 years until the day, I, like I told you, I stood in front of the yeah. mirror and I saw myself and I said, I need to change. But that was clamped down because my family, he, when I told him I want a divorce, he looked at me like, What? And I said, yes, I want a divorce. I'm not happy. And he just like, it's you, you are not happy. You're the one who's ruining our, our lives. You're the one who's doing all this. And I'm like, can't you see what I see? No, it's me. So at that time, I wanted to even punish myself because I, I believe him that it was me. I'm the problem. So he called my family and they're all men, my father's side. So they were all, most of them were my uncles. And he said to them, there's something wrong with your, with your daughter. So I was summoned on the call and they were saying to me, Barke, why do you want to leave this guy? And I was like, I just want to be happy. That's all. I just want to be happy. Remember, I've never complained about my husband. I've never complained about my marriage. I've never complained about anything. So people think that, oh, they're in love. Everything is good but they don't know the real thing. They don't know. Only my sister, when she used to come and announce sometimes, she'll see things and she will be like, oh, this is, this is crazy. But she, I told her, do not say anything because I like my privacy. So I was told, if you leave this guy, we will, we will, we will not want to do anything with you. We don't want, so if you, if you leave him, we will disown you. Wow. That scared me. To death of course it did you've got every like sorry i just popped a lozenge so you've got every um sort of those you, th you think you can trust obviously obviously this guy is what i would call a human handbrake and he deserves to be kicked in the testicles repeatedly um but like to have to resort to having fun without him um it couldn't have been it, mu it must have been toxic for a child growing up in that environment let alone a few children um on top of that, when you have your vulnerability and the only person back is in your corner is your sister, you said, and then you got those around you threatening to disown you, it sort of goes, you know, and all the while you're just sort of collecting evidence. You're like, you know what, I'm going to show you. It's like I got a promotion at work and I was always told to bide my time. The mightiest weapon is the pen. And eventually I got into a team leader's role and I loved it. And I was always excluded from overtime was because I wasn't in the purple circle, as they called it, you know, and the, the clicky group. And um, one day I was, in, I was in charge of having put people on overtime and they were the first ones to come up to me and be nice. I'm like, no, all you blokes, assholes. But I didn't say that to them. I'm like, no, I've already got my team picked out. And then, you know, they're like, you hit someone in a place like the wallet or their pride. So it sounds to me like you're gather, gathering evidence. You're like, keep going, keep going, man. I will show you one day. Keep going, keep going. So obviously. But it, it didn't feel like that because I wanted to prove to him that it can work. 
I wanted to actually, for me, was that I wanted to show him how loyal I was. I wanted to show him that I am on his side. I wanted to show him that when I, when, because I used to believe in this thing, okay? If I show you, I'm supporting you, I'm there for you all the time, I'm hoping that you will do the same for me. Do you understand? So when the first time I had the idea and came to him and said to him, I want to work as a police officer, you know what I mean? Because I want to help people. He looked at me and laughed and said to me, what? I said, yes, I want to be a police officer because he works in a police. So I thought he'll be, he'll understand. So he said to me, no, you cannot do that job. I'm like, why? Because you are not, you, you don't have education in that job. You have to be educated. And I was like, I can train because they, that's what they said they're going to do. They're going to train you. Can I just so interrupt I'm you for a second there? Can, do you mind if I just interrupt you for, for a second? It. See, yeah, within yeah, yeah. 10 seconds of you telling me that story, he contradicted himself. He said, you're not educated. You need education. So he's like, hang on. He just, he just contradicted himself. But he just seemed, it seemed like he was, um, as I said, the human handbrake. So sorry to interrupt your, your story there. <laughs> I used to call him privately in my own head. I used to call him a, co- a confused.com. Confused.com? Yes. There is a, um, like. I'm, um, I'm currently confused.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, compare.com. So it's called confused.com. So you compare your either insurance or your utility <laughs> bills and it gives you a cheaper, a cheaper uh, rate. And so that's what it's called, confused.com. And I used to call him confused.com because he, one minute, he says, this is what you need to do. The next minute he says to me, no, this is what you need to do. Well, I'm doing what he says to me that I'm doing. So for example, to make it clear, he would say to me like, I'm wearing, I'm a Muslim woman, okay? So I will cover up and I'll wear a maxi dress and things like that. And they have, they, you know, like uh, flawless. So they're not tight in my body. I'm then wearing this, yeah? And then he will say to me, why are you wearing those baggy clothes? You look awful in it. Why are you doing that? Okay, I'll go and wear trousers, yeah? As I'll wear trousers, even though with the nice top, it doesn't show, I've got, you know, with my big body. So I have to kind of like, you know, minimize what people can see. So, but still he will be like, why are you wearing that? Why are you wearing those clothes? Why are you wearing trousers all the time? So I'm like, you're confused. In my head, that's what I started the word confused.com because he doesn't <laughs> know what he wants. He doesn't. Okay. I'm with you, you know? now. I'm no longer confused.com. Yeah, so that's why. That's why it was really hard because like, for example, um, he used to, when I came to this country, he had to look after me. Okay. He had to pay for everything. And he's the breadwinner. He gets good money, trust me. But he will always be complaining. Oh, there's too much bills. It's too expensive. You need to go and find a job. How can you stay here? I'm feeding you. I'm doing this for you. I don't like, I'm looking after the children. I'm make sure, making sure you. the food is cooked when you come home. The, the house is clean and all these things are done. I'm not doing it. Just put my feet up and, you know, have fun. I'm not doing that. So that's why, but I couldn't even say those words because I was so grateful. This man is looking after me. Okay. You know what I mean? So yep. I was yep. like, fine. But then when we started about the job thing, okay. And this is where I was like, I looked at everything. Okay. I looked at like a fire firefighter. 
And I looked at those stairs and I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to climb all those stairs. No way. Uh, that's out. I looked at uh, other um, jobs. I always wanted to be a teacher. So I was like, oh, I would love to be a teacher. But I actually went and volunteer as a school nursery nurse. I volunteered in a primary. I volunteered in um, what you call it, um, in secondary with the disabled children. And I volunteer all those areas is not my thing because I've got children at home. For me, when I go to work, there's children making noise. When I come back home, children making noise. All I could have is a headache all day long. And I thought to myself, this is not for me. You know what I mean? So I said to him, I don't wanna do that because I don't feel good about it. And he was like, why? You've got children, so you need to make sure that you do job that will be able for you to come to, to be around when, you know, when the children finish school, you are there. When the children goes to school, you are there. And I'm the one who has to sacrifice everything. So I was like, I understand what you're saying, but I cannot, I don't want to do that. That is not for me. So and I said to him, I want to work as a police officer. And that was the first disagreement for me. It had to go to my father-in-law because I, I was adamant. I can see it clearly. I was like, if I get trained, I'm good. I'm good at if I, you train me, I'll do what you train me to do. And I can grow with that organization. That's what I saw. I saw growth. And if I can be able to go to constable and then go to, you know, until I become a detective, that's my aim was I want to become a detective. And when I told him this, he says to me, you know, those people, the police, they have affairs, they have this, they have broken homes, they all get drunk, they do this and that. And I looked at him and I was like, I didn't ask for that. I'm not there for that. I want us so we can be able to pay for the mortgage that you told me before we couldn't, so we can be able to do things that we couldn't. Holiday? Oh my gosh, don't even start about holiday. He never, we don't have money. There's no such, don't talk to me. We can't afford it. And I was like, come on. So I had to, I was like, okay, I'll find a job to keep him quiet. Okay. But at the same time, I will still go and keep applying for police because he's still in my head. So every time I apply for police, I will get someone to help me to do the application. Trust me, the application is so big and like thick book you have to do. And so I passed that. I go to interview. I'm scared shitless. I'm like shaking. I did it. I went there. The words they were talking was like, the scary. I felt the first time. The second time you have to wait six months. Okay. And then to apply again. I did it. I passed the interview. I went to role play. I failed on role play. God, it was scary. And after that, I wait another six months. I went again. I passed the role play. I failed on my uh, fitness. I didn't know anything about running. I had to start running. Okay. I was like, oh my God. I was like a child who started to walk for the first time. It was painful. I used to cry and I used to go from gate to gate. And I was just like, oh my goodness, would I be able to do this? And I failed. I have to wait for another six months. This took five years, guys five years and I'm working in catering at the time. So still doing that. And at the end, so I'm in the last section that I need to do blip test. Okay. The beep, do you say the beep test? And I've, 
Blip test, yes. Is that running from I point to point? Running from point to point? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay, yeah, I've done the, the beat test bit, a few times. The tanning bit, for me, it kills me because that's when I catch my breath and it's harder for me to start again. And so I fell twice and there's only one last go before I have to wait another six months. And I was like, no. Remember, I never used to run until now I'm running six miles without stopping. Jeez, you're a patient person. Wow. <laughs> and then. <laughs> yeah. superpower, of, superpower of patience. <laughs> and then I'm on this, the last, the last of the part, you know, the huddle and something inside of me switched. He was right in front of me telling me all these things. He doesn't agree for me to get this job. And the only voice came to me was that, who are you doing this for? So are you turned doing it, you know, it to prove to him? Used it for motivation. No, but the question was, am I using, am I actually doing this for him or am I doing it for myself? And the answer came, I'm doing it to prove to him that I can do it. And that's when I stopped. I don't need to prove to him. Nice. I don't need it. it. I like it. I don't need to prove to him. He's not worthy. And that's when I stopped, people looked at me like, are you crazy? You need, is that the last one? And I'm like, I'm having a smile on my face. It's like I won a lottery that there's no money in the account, but I won something. And I'm like, people are like, are you okay? I'm like, babes, I'm more than okay. (laughs) Babes, I'm fine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm all good. So, and that's when I walked out and I said, oh my God, all this time, I've been waiting for his blessing, waiting for him to approve me, waiting for him to acknowledge me. I don't need any of it. No, thank you. And that's when I started realizing, oh my God, this is it. I am. This, the thing is, we are brought up wishing and waiting for this knight in shining armor to come and rescue you okay we are brought up to be to think that you can find love outside we are brought up to to be told you know someone out there or it will cost you to be this person you want to be it will hurt you or to you have to go through hardship you have to go through pain you have to go through all of these things but they're all lies they're all lies what i found that day was that the strength that I had inside of me, I can move mountains. The, the strength, the belief that I had, that I wanted from him and I was craving it and I was praying and I was doing all this. And I looked at him for the first time in my life after 14 years of marriage, I looked at this man. I was like, oh, he's a man. He's a man. He poops. He gets sick. He he was weak. He's like a tomato. If you put something, it will bleed. And I was like, why? What? <laughs> I'm laughing because I am. Um, I, I I'm just looking at a tomato now in my salad bowl. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> can I can I be honest with you for a second? Go for it. This is cool. It's like a paragraph. I'll give you a bullet point and paragraph again. I like the way this is going. <laughs> so, so it's going. It, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, um, for starters, no man can argue with this when I say that females are the superior gender, and I'll and I'll tell you why. One, we get knocked out by man flu. I mean, come on. 
Two, you, you women are you know, the bear of children and have a higher pain threshold than men. I mean, just like this morning, I thought myself I was really tough, but I started crying. This actually happened this morning. So I, I used the bathroom and then I noticed I had to clean up. So it'd be a bit gross. So then I used the toilet brush to go and clean it. And then I've let out a sneeze that could have blown a hole in the wall. And as I'm cleaning, the toilet brush snapped in half. So <laughs> I've got a brush in the toilet. And then what makes matters worse is like, oh, I've got to get that out now. And I started doing this with my hands. I'm like, ew, what am I doing? So like the stereotype of men being strong? No. So I tip my hat to, to your bravery. And you know what? I did become my own hero because I got that bad boy out and the toilet is now clean. <laughs> Good job, Mitch. Good job. <laughs> you, just, you just bared your soul out and I you know, I... I just compared your 14 years of hardship to cleaning my toilet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You gave us a good one. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That happened. And I'm absolutely, I'm in the fetal position. God, I'll admit you're an absolute dickhead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was really good. I like that. This is amazing. I love this podcast, guys. Okay. You have to like it and oh. subscribe it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my cheeks hurt. Sorry, I told you at the end of the day, I hope they don't fall off. <laughs> this and is I, what I do. And I just made, I had another realisation. I still got to buy a new toilet brush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Put it on your list before you forget. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, mate. <laughs> please, please tell us how you, you So okay. And we're back in other news. Um, so, okay. So you had this epiphany, if you will, a realization, a, a revelation, you know, something that sums up, you know, like a, like a good news anchor would, um, you've got to this point, you, you know what, I, I now know my own worth and then correct me if I'm wrong. You then, I, you became your own hero. Boom. That was a good segue. Nice job, Mitch. You got it, Mitch. You got it. So that was the breaking point for me because now I've actually have answers, you know, to those questions that are begin at the beginning when I was having all those questions. First of all, my family, you know, because if um, I had to ask myself what that happens again. So I asked myself, okay, what are my family doing at the moment? Are they feeding me? No. Are they actually looking after me in any way, mentally, physically, emotionally, anything? No, they're not even near me. So why am I putting my you know, like um, my life to, for them, why do I do that? You know, because this is my life. And also another thing was that I had only two options. Number one, do I have to do, if I stay, I'm going to die. That's the way I felt. If I stay in this relationship, I will die. As in if you stayed on autopilot, you mean, or kept doing what you were doing, that same path? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So another thing is that walk away with your head held up high and yes, it's scary. And yes, we don't know how it's going to end, but you will be alive. The guarantee is you will be alive. What would you choose? I chose the second one. Good on you. Because the first one, I've already experienced it. I know the end. The first, the second one, 
it's kind of remember I'm adventurous. I love new things. I might be scared. I might be scared of unknown, but, and he put that fear in me for very long time. Who would want you? Who would uh, want a woman with children? Who would want a, you know, this fat woman? Who would want this? Who would see you? Who would even, who would even come close to you? I'd swipe right. But for me, say that again. I'd swipe right. <laughs> you get a super like from so, me. <laughs> so for me, the only thing, because when men see that you want freedom, some men, they want, they think that, you know, you just want to go and run to another man to hide. And Maybe. I, for me, it wasn't like that. For me, it was like, I'm going to prove it to you. I don't need a man. I need me. In, I am um, that, that Pussycat doll song just started playing in my head. I don't need a man to make it happen. I get up being free. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Mitch. <laughs> you can add that on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Only in this part. <laughs> I am. Um, so, sorry, keep going. Go on, go on. I was going to say, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but I feel like I just, if I don't ask more, I need, I want to learn more. Like, it's like this, it's like this, like, I'm like, so for those who can't see our faces, my my hands are on my cheeks, you know, like a little kid laying on his tummy when teacher's telling a story it's like what happened next miss this is what i'm like i'm compelled i'm involved and i'm thinking of constructive ways to get myself a toilet brush tomorrow all things good <laughs> so like um so you, you, you thought you know bugger it well that's an australian term bugger it and this guy another australian term so he sounds like he's tight with his money and australian term is oh he's as tight as a flea is he because essentially fleas bum holes are that tight Ooh, i didn't know that <laughs> Good to know now. Well, that's that's the metaphor. <laughs> sorry for the well, sorry for those sorry for those flea enthusiasts out there, but they're tight like a tiger. <laughs> now I know how to say when you're tight, you're, you're tight as a fleas bum. <laughs> you're as tight as a fleas bum. That's right. Yes. <laughs> oh, I could tell you some I more. I could tell you as we go along. I'll tell you some more little Aussie quotes. Okay, good. I would. Uh, this is this is great. I'm learning a lot as well. So yeah. This is wonderful. This is a wonderful Sorry. thing. Please continue. Sorry. <laughs> so what happened is that he kind of like prepared me. If that was worse, then whatever is going to happen, it wouldn't be so scary. That's what I got from it. Okay. So, and at the same time was that I don't, I want to know me. I want to know who I am, but I didn't realize is that because of everything and also at that part of knowing me, I put myself into, I had an app called Meetup and this Meetup, it has, it's like for London, you can meet any groups. Uh, it depends if like self-development or art, whatever you, you're into, this app can do whatever. And all I wanted was to know me. So I put myself forward to the masculine and fe fem feminine uh, group because I thought it was about gender. <laughs> so I went there and I was like, okay, I just want to know about, you know, man and woman, how they are. Because I wanted to learn from my mistakes. I don't want to go to another relationship with pain okay. or go into another relationship with not healed and bring the same problems again. It's so like, I it's want like that old... Um 
that old thought process is that how can anyone be happy in you if you're truly not happy in your own core? You know, I'm not going to drag someone through to a broken person until I'm whole myself. Is that sort of what you were going with that? Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I I interrupt just so I can understand and learn because, you know, um, simple Australian dude. So I'm just trying to learn. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. I love this because then it makes it easier for the listeners to uh, know what I'm talking as well. So it's it's wonderful. Cool. So for me, I went to the first group, you know, I was listening. I was like, oh, pen and paper, ready, catching everything. And I realized was that I had so many questions. So I was kind of like... <laughs> I was the kind of person who always talk, asking questions, and they were looking at me like, okay, <laughs> this is good. So because I couldn't understand that a man, a, a woman can have both energy, you know, the masculine and feminine. And I was just like, oh, because I hated being a woman. I saw it as a weakness. Woman wants woman in me at the time when I got my divorce. And I'm going through financial difficulties and I'm going through my husband still in the house. He doesn't want to leave. And I have no money and I'm like so scared what will happen to my children. And it's I'm sleeping on the floor for over six months on my children's bedroom. And he would come every night drunk and he will be just talking rubbish and screaming and whatever. And I'm just like, I can't deal with this. You know what I mean? It was too much. But at the same time, I was holding myself because I don't want to call the police. I don't want to put this man behind bars or put him so he could lose his, jo- his job. He would stay on the doorstep. I don't want him to stay on the doorstep of my life. No, I want him to leave, but I didn't know how. So what happened is that I just want to know who I am. What, what do I have inside of me? What can I do for me? So, and most of those answers came in as that I was in my masculine. I was so like, what do we need to do? Let's focus on that and make it happen. When I was talking to someone, I'm straight to the point. I don't waste time. I don't waste people's time. I don't waste anyone's time. I don't go around the bush. This is what I want. Make it happen. You don't, you can't. Okay, I'll go and find someone else. I was in my masculine, like, oh my God, it was scary. You sound like you're really, Australian. I... <laughs> <laughs> Telling it how it is, you know, some of the, yeah. I'm a world traveler and still to this day, the most direct people that I know are Australians, you know. Um, so, you know, it sounds, but, and also at the same time, you've proven, you know, this whole thing about, because, you know, I know strong men and women in my life and um, what you have shown that all that time passed and you didn't break. You, you bided your time, bided, bowed, bowed, whatever it was, bided your time and you're going, right, I'm not broken. So, like, you know, you're trying to get into the police and all that stuff and the endurance was just absolutely flowing and you you have, you know, I'm going to say you've got stones, you've got courage, you've got perseverance in you and um, I've never met you officially but I can tell that anyone listening to this story We'll go, you know what? I'm going to take something from this, you know, and well, I'm going to use it like when you take a leap of faith doing something like this podcast, it's scary as hell. I mean, it takes courage to break the normal cycle that you're in, autopilot, as I'll call it, and to actually harness the power within or whatever, whatever metaphor you choose to use, whether it's be your own hero, whether it's, you know, show some courage or whatever it might be. In this instance, I'll use be your own hero. You realize your self worth, and then eventually, 
that person you put on a pedestal suddenly becomes on a level playing field. And then when you ascend as a person, transcend, it's like when you finally kick the old man's ass one-on-one playing basketball. You see, there's this insurmountable odd, then you do it. It's like, what you got, bitch? You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like a shit metaphor to use, but it's essentially what I think is, is what's happened to you is that you've transcended beyond this dude who is, an absolute human handbrake, like gravity, just bringing you down. And um, you've gone, you know what? I'm in a space shuttle. I'm soaring. My kids and I, see you later, idiot. And uh, on to greener pastures. And for anyone who has the courage to do that, is worthy of my respect every day of the week. And I think many others will agree with me when I say that. So I applaud you. Now tell us what happens next. So for me, it was that, okay, I'm in my, my masculinity a lot. Like I would say 90% of my time. Exactly. Yeah. So I was just like, oh my God, this is dangerous because what happened is that for me, I felt that if I go into my feminine, I will collapse, literally collapse because my feminine, all she wants to do, I would say use she, I would, <laughs> that's the only way to make it. <laughs> I don't need a man to make it happen. Sorry. sorry to make it sexist but you know the feminine the she wants to just go to the bed and hide and sleep and just put the covers on her and just cry that sounds like a prisoner (laughs) it does it sounds like it sounds to be like a you know an absolute prisoner an absolute like to live in fear from that from your supposed spouse um that's not okay um but I'm not here to comment on how th- how people do things on the other side of the world. I'm not all about that. I'm just not a fan of bullies. <laughs> but the thing is, he was just a staff. It wasn't even a police police, do you understand? And he used to use those, uh, you know, like or crime movies and things like that. And you will see the way they um, questioned, um, you know, the um, suspect. You know what I mean? And once he did that to me, I was like, what? <laughs> because he believed that he, he, I was cheating on him. He had that, he never trusted me at all. So once he used to do like every year, dads, dads and lads um, camping. And that time he would take the children. So both my girl and my, my daughter and my, my son used to take them to camp for the weekend. So Friday to Sunday. And when he comes home, he would be very like, what did you do all this weekend? So usually I've got a plan already. So I'll be like, I'm going to my friend, I'm going to visit her and then I'll come back and I'll be at home. So that the first year I went to see my sister. So it was cool because I stayed the whole weekend and then I came back on Sunday before they come in. And so the, that the second year I was like, I'm going to see my friend. But then my friend, she actually um, called me on Saturday, I think. And she said to me, but I'm sorry, I won't be able to do it this Saturday. So can we meet another time? So I still went out, but I couldn't tell my husband that I went out because he would, he would start asking questions and things like that. Actually, what I did, I went out to Nando's myself and I bought myself a nice chicken and uh, chips and I just ate. For the first time, I took myself out. Was the chicken peri-peri good? Oh, yes. Has to be with hot sauce. <laughs> it was peri- 
Perry Perry good, I think. I just sorry, I love a good pun, but you know what? That's my favorite. Come on. It's just like, oh my goodness, you want to treat me? Just uh peri peri chicken babes any time of the day. Hang on. <laughs> peri peri chicken I'm babes. Not How about it? Person. <laughs> you me a bucket of chicken? What do you say? Yes. <laughs> Are we going to meet halfway? <laughs> You Australia, what's the middle ground? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll meet you in uh, Abu Dhabi or something like that. I'm sure that's about halfway. I think they will have pretty pretty chicken there. We have to check it out beforehand, okay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> or you bring from Australia and I'll bring from Britain. So we can... <laughs> Hello, food poisoning. Goodness, uh, we'll, we'll make a joke out of this. This is amazing. So what happened? So what happened? What is- happened like after? So, you know, all these negative things happened. You had... You, you know, time to yourself. What happened sort of like like towards the end of the marriage? What happened next? Like when did you start to get your self-worth and start the next phase of yourself? So I left my job. I had to quit because I was actually training to become a um, beauty therapist. Okay. okay? And uh, for that time, it was uh, six months. And because I couldn't pay, I couldn't uh, give him. He used to always have to control the you know the bills and everything as all narcissists do this guy sounds very narcissistic like a a puppet master yes Um, so what happened is that i had to give him money to for him to pay the bills and we always had that argument like give me one bill or two bills so i know i'm putting i'm i'm actually paying for myself and he never used to wonder so what happened is that he left because i couldn't give him the money for the six months and so he just practiced things he left he tried to even took the tv out of the wall he couldn't so the tv was there I was like yes thank you and um so that's the good thing yes. about it <laughs> i love my tv and uh so what <laughs> happened is that um he left but guess what one week of feeling high of feeling i'm like i'm on top of the world it came crashing down with all the bills and red and everything. I was like, oh my God, he didn't pay the bill for the last six months. He didn't pay anything for the last six months. He put me in a red. I had no job. I have no income. I was financial crazy. I was living in a place of fear again. It started, but it was different fear this time. This fear, it was kind of like, Everything is on my shoulder. That's scary bit. Yeah, that's the scary bit. But everything else is like, I'm free. I am free. I am free. I am free. I am free. Yes. So what are we going to do next? As free as the wind blows, as free as the grass grows. Exactly. And I was like, stop. And okay, what do we need to do? And I looked at my jewelry uh, and I was like, I don't even wear this jewelry. You know what I mean? It was just hanging around on the, you know, in the cupboard, collecting dust. They had to sell some stuff, did you? Yes. I took my jewelry. I put them in the pawn shop. I took, it was like nearly, that was my present for my uncle who's in Saudi Arabia, who who was living there. And he bought me a wedding set. It cost nearly 2,000 pounds. I paid for my rent arrears that straight in paid my rent arrears i'm like okay am i done because you need to stop hustling me and i want to live i want to know that i've got my roof over my head my sorry you had to sell i I was saying before i'm sorry you had to sell your your things that's 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 sad it is but it was worth it my darling it was worth it they can be replaced i'm like you know what i'm happy go 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 clear my house 
paint my house, making sure everything is cleared. Everything is no clutter. Everything is the, I opening the window, the air comes in. You hear the buds tweaking about. Everything is cool. I'm happy. I'm free. I'm, I'm excited. My children are excited. We're all good. You know what I mean? The food is on the table. And I'm like, you know what? We can do this. We can do this. The next thing was that other bills coming up and I was like, okay, you're going to be taken to court because you haven't paid, you haven't put money in your bank account. It's overdraft and all these things. And then I got a call because my bank called the other organization to see if they can help me. And I got a call for bankruptcy. And I was like, you know what? Take it. Yes, I'll do it. I'll, t- I'll go bankruptcy because that means I'm a, it's a new start for me. No, no cards, nothing like a baby born. You know, this is, this is it. This is my time. And that's when everything started changing because it was like, okay, I've started a new employment. I'm doing, um, I wanted to do a uh, mobile therapist, but the late hours is not good with teenagers. And I couldn't do that. So I'd stop. I went to actually, um, uh, go to the job for the spa and I got it for the first year I was doing nearly eight hours of massage because that was the popular treatment at the time and my hands from the tip of my hand to my elbow they were swollen I couldn't move them they were I was in pain and I couldn't do anything and trust me I'm a handsy person who loves to do things with my hands cooking and all these things and I couldn't do any of it any of it I stopped and they told me because you're casual, we cannot pay you. So what happened was that I had to go to, because remember, I don't want to go back where I came from, where I didn't pay my, my, my rent and arrears will start growing and all the, so that fear came back. And so what happened is that I went to the job center and I said to job center, I am in pain. I'm paying my tax. Can you help me? And they said, yes, we can help you because then because you're going through the doctors and actually you've got, you know, we can pay you for sickness. And I was like, yes. So it was legitimate. So, was so they seen you doing the right thing and they're like, okay, this isn't dodgy. Yes. We're going to throw you a, a, yes. a bone here, essentially. Yes. Cool. I was excited now. And then this man asked me, what do you want to do, you know, for the future? What do you want to do as a job? And I'm like, I'm qualified, um, you know, coach, I'm a public speaker, and I mentor uh, youth. And I said, that's what I would love to do. And he said to me, what? Are you for real? I said, yeah, I am. And he, so he's looked at me, he's like, can you send me your, you know, like a coupons or whatever you're doing so I can see. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I sent to him and things like that. And before I know it, this guy says to me, you know, I teach here in Job Center for the youth. Do you mind coming and... Um, actually teach the empowerment with them. I said, like, hell yes, of course I'm going to do this. And I did it for six months. Okay. They loved it. I got feedback every single time I go there. It was only twice a month. And the boost that I got from that, it made me feel like, oh my God, I have to do this more often. I have to go worldwide. I want to help every youth every woman out there telling them my story, share with them my program, what I do and how I can help them. Guess what? Someone contacted me from uh, Zanzibar telling me their idea about uh, they're looking for empowerment speakers and they're looking for women to actually go and speak to the youth in Zanzibar because now 
life has changed in Zanzibar. Women are actually going to school, going to uni. But after they finish uni, some of them, they will just stay home. They don't go to work. They will just wait for to get married. So what happened? I was like, what? This is happening now? I was like, no, we don't want to do this. We need to go to Zanzibar. So I believe in law of attraction. I want to, I'm in Zanzibar. I'm like, I'm seeing myself in Zanzibar. I'm seeing myself standing there, talking to them, doing my program and having this. And guess what? All of the things, remember, I didn't, I, I didn't have a job, a, you know, good job to get money or things like that. But things were happening without me realizing I've got my um, visa the same day. I got my ticket less than 500 pounds. I got my, uh, you know, everything was done in a way that was like, if you sit down and, and really think about it, you'll be like, that was, that was magic. You would say like that, or that was uh, something that you wouldn't think would happen, but it did happen. So I'm standing, I got into, okay, I, and I put it on videos. I actually record myself uh, talking in Facebook and I was saying, I'm in the airport right now. I'm going to Addis Ababa. And then after Addis Ababa, after a couple of hours, I'm going to get a plane, go to Zanzibar. And I was doing all these videos and I was, I will, I got there. My mom came pick me up and uh, my sister, they came to my program. Okay, and I was sharing my story for the first time. My mom, my sisters, they were there. I even forgot that they were there, actually. And uh, the feedback I got from them, they were like, Barke, this is amazing. My sister said to me, Barke, would you come to my neighborhood? I would like to bring all the girls. Would you teach them? I was like, of course I can do that. I love it. I still have the booklets. I can do it. So what happened was that after the three days, those girls, we talked and we did vision and we did uh, meditation and we, we share with them so much information. And all I could hear was that me too, me too. It happened to me, it happened to me. And I was like, wow. Remember, I went to Africa as a divorcee. I went to Africa as a single mom. I went to Africa and I wasn't even wearing my proper cover up as a Muslim woman. And I went there by myself. All these things, I would have been ashamed. Okay. My family would have been ashamed for ashamed it. Ashamed or scared or both? Scared, but at the same time ashamed because there would be feeling of, you know, feeling of shame, feeling of guilt. Why would our child do this? Especially okay. as a girl. You know what okay. I mean? Yep. But I couldn't care less. I'm sorry. Because I had a purpose to be there. I had something bigger than those things to think about. So I had to deal with it. Those 14 days of my life changed everything. I went to my sister and I, I did the training course. And when I did, I was like, oh, because all the booklets, I gave, it to, I gave it out. And I was like, oh, do we have a booklet for my sister or my mom that I can use? And my mom gave me hers. And she was feeling, she even filled it out. I was so excited when I was reading. And I was like, oh. And then when the thing about, uh, because my dad died, she remarried, her husband died as well. And so she was all by herself. And one of the question was, what would you like to have in your life? You know what she put? A husband. Oh, I was so, I was like, oh, mom, I hope it comes true for you. You know, I want you to see, I want to see her happy. And so I send a little blessing and a little uh, prayer for her, you know, and 
after that, I went and take a ferry to, Zan to Tanzania, uh, Dar es Salaam, and I did another session there. Uh, the next day, I had to come back up because I was taking, uh, had to fly back to, to London. And the promise that I had for myself was that that was 2018, 2019, I'm going to publish my book. I did just that. I published my book. Yes. And to be honest with you, without me, nothing can be done. Without, and I'm not talking about just me, as I'm saying about yourself as an individual, without you, nothing can be achieved the way you want it. If we're always holding back and we're always waiting for someone else to come and do it for us, they might do it differently. It's not going to be the same as the vision we have. So doing it yourself and be your own hero, I had to be my own hero. 2020 was all about speaking. And guess what? With the pandemic, I actually spoke maybe 100 or 150 and different countries via Zoom. You spoke to 150 different countries? In, wow. Via Zoom. Like, via uh, Zoom. So you, did you do like um, group seminars or do you do like one-on-ones or both? Or um... Both. Okay. And because the thing is, the fun bit about internet, it can be anywhere. Absolutely. You can talk to someone like you. We're talking now, you're in Australia, I'm in United Kingdom. You know what I mean? And it's just remarkable, really. And I was on all this because I had an intention. How would life be if every one of us in this world have an intention of actually doing something positive? What would the world look like? One full of toilet brushes in every house. Yes, that's the one bit. Good job, you brought that back quite well. You would like to have. <laughs> he wanted a toilet brush. <laughs> I, I want a better world. <laughs> that's cool. I um. I want a positive world. I want people to be happy. Yeah, I want people to be happy as well. So, what do you want? What do I want? You said I am. Yes. I'm oh, sorry. This internet's a little bit glitchy at the minute. Um, I want. Uh, holistically, I just I want there to be less um, conflict in the world. I want mm. less people like your ex husband who are just a negative vibe. I want um, a little more empathy. I think, um, and ultimately, what I want is hair, but I can't grow any on my head. So, you know, you do what you can, and yes. and also at the end of this, I'm going to include all of all of your. Um, links and bios and stuff like that. Link to your book underneath in the info. So it's all good, guys. I'll get I'll get a mention throughout <laughs> the thing. But it's come to that time of the show where I'm going to ask you if you'd like to have a bitchy with Mitchy. Now this is the section Let's of the, this is the section of the show where I get the guests to have a good old whinge, sook, um, complain about anything that grinds their gears. No matter how big or small, can be petty, can be something as simple as getting a parking fine or something as big as, I don't know, fuel being too expensive or something. Okay. So would you please honour me in shooting off? What's what's something that you'd like to have a bitchy with Mitchie about? For me, it's the, um, I would like to actually say is that if we have or if we stop I don't know if this is bitchy or Mitchy, so you have to tell me about this, but <laughs> yeah, for it. it's, I'm tired of people being, you know, narcissistic, what was the word? Um, narcissistic. narcissistic. Yeah, narcissistic with other people. Okay. If you're not happy, deal with your problems. Look at you. Yeah. Take responsibility. 
stop looking or redirection of your anger or your trauma to another person. You know what I mean? Because you are frustrated, you are angry, or you are hurting. And I get that, but let it soak inside of you for you to be able to deal with it. Look yourself in the mirror and actually acknowledge who is that person looking back at you. Not the wife, not the mother, not the sister, or not another woman out there that you put your anger towards. But really look at yourself in the mirror and look at that person. Say those words to that person because that person needs to hear it. Yeah. Deal with it. I like I I like that. I think, you know, don't so what I get out of this, don't put your problems on others. Um figure out what you want and don't, you know, if you want to do something, you know, visualize it, put it on a whiteboard, you know, put it as a reminder on your phone, whatever it takes and get through the shit. Like, you know, it's not fair. Like, pardon me. You know, like if we're married and some and someone can help you with your, you know, along your journey. That's what bouncers are supposed to be for, of course. But the, the ball stops with you. As you said, you are the master of your own destiny. Only you can be the one who wants to start your own business and, you know, ascend beyond and help others, you know. Only you, like this isn't you specifically, this is just an example. Only you as the individual can make the difference, you know. And if you want to become a helicopter pilot, if you want to do a backflip into a pool, whatever it might be, then be that person. If you want to if you want to get yourself a new toilet brush, you can do that one too. Um, but ultimately, it stops with you as the individual. Exactly. And that's what it is. Be your own hero. That is going to be the masterable hashtags I use for a while. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go on a bit of a different tangent here. Okay. My bitch for the week or for the show go for it. is mm-hmm. like, Okay, so when you buy a new home or live in a home or and so I'm a shift worker and mm-hmm. I work seven to seven day and night shift and what pisses me off, what absolutely grinds my gears is um, inconsiderate neighbours. Okay, so oh. I um, and I'm going to use your piece of advice here and being your own person is the other day I am trying to sleep for night shift and um, there were a couple that were having a, a heated argument about what I think was how well the steak was going to be done. Was it going to be medium, extra medium, or I don't know, whatever the hell it was. And I'm trying to sleep like a champion. <laughs> and, <it> was, <laughs> and I said, Did you have me, mind what kind of steak you wanted to have? <laughs> oh. And I'll tell you what, I made a missed steak, I'll tell you. I said, oh, do you guys mind keeping it down? I'll have it high as I want. If I want well done, I'll have it. That's what he said to me. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even mad. I just, you know what, yellow away so you can have it well done or not. That's up to you. <laughs> but, and then after, after I sort of giggled to myself, all you hear is, "Who was that dickhead?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And my bitch for the week is always eat chicken. <laughs> Non-salmonella, thanks. <laughs> I'm in the zone oh today. Oh, my God. That was so funny. <laughs> oh. How's your cheeks? <laughs> you know, I've got this bad ability or habit. I'll say something and then my brain will catch up and go, oh, no. 
you idiot. So it's an Australian thing to be quite self-deprecating. It's just a thing, you know. I still think, you know, I, I might be hard on myself, but that's okay because I'm an absolute lord amongst men. Have a go at me. But, like, you know, if I call myself a dickhead, it's not that big a deal. And um, I just go, oh, Mitch, you're an absolute dickhead. Why did you say that? <laughs> I tried to be my own hero and I got nothing but zero. <laughs> <laughs> you're good at this, Mitch. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to take your life's work and absolutely make it funny. But uh, needless to say, these, uh, these neighbours of mine, dickheads. You feel good, Mitch? Letting it out there. <sighs> I um I hope you sleep better. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think it was I think it was Taco Tuesday, so I'm good. <laughs> it's Tuesday here currently at nine thirty-seven, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, I got tears in my eyes from that. <laughs> well, I hope they're happy tears. <laughs> I <laughs> I got nothing. So. Before we go, before we wrap things up, would you mind um, telling us all your socials? Um, they will be obviously put underneath the bio, but would you mind telling us where we can find you? I know you've got a YouTube channel. You mentioned your book and you've got a, a website as well. So can you tell us where we can find you? And um, yeah, so tell us your socials. Give it a shout out, please. So I've got a Facebook called uh, Barke Be Your Own Hero or it's also, sorry, Facebook is Barke Faraj Kamus. That's my name, my uh, <laughs> birth name. And um, you've got also Barke Be Your Own Hero YouTube channel, uh, LinkedIn, Barke Faraj Kamus. Um, even if you Google me, Barke, Barke Kamus or Barke Be Your Own Hero, it will come up all my socials as well. Yep. And um, website, I've actually stopped my website because I want to transition, because I want to actually change my um as a sole trader to become into a CIC. So that means community interest company. I'm thinking about it because I want, it's based for community. So yeah. I just want to make more impact. So at the moment, no, no website. So, but yes, I'm in LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, I've got three accounts. There's Swahili Speakers Community. I speak Swahili as well. There's uh, Soul Purpose Leaders. I, I actually interview other leaders and uh, help them promote themselves. And because I believe that I cannot grow by myself, I will have to grow with other people. So that's my belief. And um and also be Barke, be your own hero. So those are my main thing. Click it, you'll find me. There you go. You got everything there. So I um I'm gonna I haven't attempted to say your name yet. So I'm gonna try and get it right. Barke, is that right? Yes. Barke. <laughs> like if you're on the Aussie accent, be like Barke. Nah, that sounds horrendous. So may be sure to check out Barke's uh, websites and whatever. I'll put them underneath. But um, <laughs> thanks for being an amazing guest. That was that was fun. Took us on a story of perseverance, uh, integrity, knowing your self worth, and it was it was all the episode's going to be called perseverance and toilet brushes. The Barke story. Now just kidding. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Do that way. People will be like, "What? What's going on?" That's curiosity. That's really good. Amazing. Yes. Oh, oh I'm looking Mitch. forward to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you so much. Um, Baraki, be your own hero. You're my hero today. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, I appreciate Mitch. that. You've been a great host.
So that was uh, episode 14. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.